Star Trek, the TV program from the 60s. These are the commentaries of the siblings Alex and Sammy. Their ongoing mission? To discuss creative science fiction concepts. To examine interesting character dynamics and occasionally terrible writing. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Who do you think would win in a fight between LeVar Burton, James Duhon, and, uh, oh, I'll throw Leonard Nimoy in there. Hmm, that's a really interesting question. Okay, this is the way I see it. I feel like not only does James Duhon have, like, a little bit of weight to throw around, I feel like he fights kind of dirty, you know? <laughs> like... He'll, he'll and do we saw he's like, got a mean right hook in that tripled episode. Yeah, I feel like he'll just like really go for it and not hold back. I feel like Leonard Nimoy is so like tall with such long arms and legs that that could come in handy, but I think that he would be a little bit more on the reserved side. Um, mm. And I don't think LeVar Burton wants to fight anybody. I think he's a big sweetie. That's true. Also, he's he's easily the smallest of the three, too, now that you mentioned it. I think he'd be like, guys, 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 you know? Right. Yeah, I think I think Duhan has it. I think you're right. I also think he's probably, of the three of them, he's probably been in the most fights, I would imagine. Oh, 100%. Like, There's no question. I bet, yeah, I bet Leonard and LeVar have been in, like, one, maybe two fights in their lives. Like, right. And, and they were probably on the receiving end. Yeah, I think James Dahad is gonna be a scrappy man. Good choice, good choice. I think I think yeah, that's the right pick. My buddy's on him, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll never know. We'll uh, never know unless we beam all of them to our planet and make them fight in slutty outfits. That's right, and that's what our episode is today, folks. So <laughs> I wish. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Welcome. This is Star Trek The Original Siblings. We're the original siblings. That's Alex. And this and is also I'm Sammy. Alex. We're both Alex. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Alex oh, and made, Alex. We made the opposite joke at the, the same, same time. Boo, I'm going to pretend I didn't genuinely misspeak when I said mine. Just forgot who you were for a second. It's hard to have androgynous names. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Yes, uh, this yeah, is a show where we're going to watch uh, some episodes of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk through the whole thing, and thankfully, uh, Gene Kuhn is gone. Not thankfully for that. That's actually a huge misfortune yeah, for the show, but... For but but the the benefit of that is that we no longer have to feel guilty about talking over great episodes of Star Trek. <laughs> That's a pretty hot take. We're now only talking over episodes rewritten by Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like there's a couple things from last episode that we didn't discuss. Did we say? Wait, we did, didn't we? I was about to say, did we say anything about it being the fiftieth episode? But I feel like we actually definitely did. We did. We did? <laughs> but, it, okay. but it wouldn't but be Star thing... Trek The Original Siblings without you forgetting what we talked about in the last episode. <laughs> That's true. Okay, but something we actually did not talk about that I know for sure is we never talked about the title of last episode, which was like, Return to Tomorrow or Return Tomorrow's to Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. That was such a dumb name for that episode. Like, if your episode is going to be... like have that title then there should be time travel involved like i was so hooked on your pitch for what last week's episode or last episode was supposed to be you know 
That's true. It should have been. It should have been with that title. It should have I wanted to be back to. I was back to the future too. Right. I was trying to figure it out. I was thinking maybe because they're from the future and they're trying to get back to their old. Oh, like, I guess that's what it back is. Back to what they were it's doing like, before. It's like back, like it's like Earth. A so long they're time returning ago the to our tomorrow. Well, they're returning to like their yesterday. It's their yesterday, but it's <laughs> our tomorrow. It's still stupid, see, but so I it's can not see at all stupid. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's yeah, that on that. It's a bit. Uh, it's a bit silly. Uh, you know what else is. is happening? Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is back on, and the first two episodes Woo-hoo! are out. And I will spoil nothing for nobody. But here's my commentary on the show. Everybody is so fucking hot. I think it might be the most attractive show cast in of any TV show I've ever seen. No like, way. Okay, I have been wanting to watch it, but now I like need to watch it. Every people, single like, I'll watch anything with hot people in it. I swear, like the sixth or seventh hottest person in the cast is is like hotter than like the the next hottest person in, in every other show combined. But like, to be fair, is, that's what course, I love uh, so much about the two thousand nine reboot. Just wall to wall hotties. Yeah, no, I think uh no, totally. Yeah, they were so hot, you're right. Yeah, I think this cast might even put the two thousand nine cast to shame. Like Oh my god. Oh my god. Pike, insanely hot. Spock Damn. hot. Uh, Nurse Chapel, maybe the most attractive woman alive. Um, Uhura, but is her wig stupid hot. La'an, Noonien Soon, she's my personal favorite because she's kind of bitchy. Uh-huh. Uh, of course. Uh, very, very hot. The right doctor, on. Dr. Uh, Mabenga. Uh-huh. Stupid hot. Hot. <laughs> All right. Everybody's hot. I, th- I could keep going. The lesbian pilot, hot. <laughs> Wow. Oh, and don't even get me started on to Pring. Oh, my God. Hot. <laughs> and that's been Everyone is Hot with Alex And Brissett. that was a list of every character of <laughs> Strange New Worlds followed by me saying that they're hot. <laughs> I think I think it's oh, time to Una, move on. The, number one. She's hot. <laughs> Who? Una. She's number one. Oh. Played by Madril Barrett. I'm just kidding. Majel? Whatever. I don't actually care. <laughs> All right. Time to move on from this segment. Mostly because I have nothing to segment. contribute. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you have to you have to you have to watch it just so we can throw some of them into the our uh Marykill Pond fars. Oh, okay. Right Cause, on. Because I gotta I gotta hear your takes on them. Okay. Sounds That's good. Right. You got you listeners, uh uh the main cast of Strange New Worlds, Mary Kill Pondfar. You can pick any three. Alex will say, Mary, Mary, Ponfar. Sorry, I can't kill any of them. They're too hot. <laughs> How's it going with you, Sammy? What's happening over there? It's been crazy stressful. We moved. It was just so much. And like I've developed like a little eye twitch that just keeps coming back. Mm, I know. So. I know the eye twitch. I I've get got the eye a... twitch. I know. I've. It usually doesn't last for as long as it's been lasting. Not like consecutively. But like I've had the same thing. A mild inconvenience will arise, and my eye will just start like twitching uncontrollably. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> I need a vacation. But yeah, hanging in there, kicking ass. Oh, no, I really. feel that. Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> what about you? What's up with you? I've also been having stressful times. 
Yesterday was a Sunday, and I worked for like six hours. Oh. Just to get ready for today, which was Monday. Fuck that. And then I worked all day again. Yeah. Ew. No, I spend working. Working on the weekend is the literal worst. Because then you just start the week already feeling shitty. Mm -hmm. No. So, uh, yeah. So we're both stressed, everybody. Yeah. But thankfully, this podcast is our stress release. Yeah, exactly. But if we're extra hating today. (laughs) Man, Shatner sure knew how to release his stress. Am I right? Are you? I think so. I feel like screaming at people. I mean, it's not a good way, but it's a way. Grabbing shoulders. Grabbing shoulders. Kissing forcefully. Okay. Yuck. Anyways. <laughs> On the list of gross things that Captain Kirk does. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's that it's list. highly <laughs> illogical? I find this most illogical. This is highly illogical. This is a segment where we're going to correct the wrong stuff that we said in the last episode. And uh, I don't think we actually did say anything wrong last episode. Hmm, um, I'm sure we did, but... At least I didn't notice it. So maybe, maybe that's the wrong thing I'm saying in this episode, is that we got everything right last episode. <laughs> I know. Well, somebody tractor beamed in a correction, so there you go. That's true, yeah. It could happen again. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get us. Maybe us. not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday for the rest of our lives. <laughs> you sound like you sound like Captain Kirk. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, highly illogical. So, last week we pondered about what the Harry Potter movies were rated, and it turns out the first two, the best two, mm-hmm. are rated PG, and the next six are PG-13. So they were like, our characters are 13, so is the audience. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's actually what we guessed too. I'm pretty sure that's what we we speculated, but we weren't sure last episode. Hmm. So probably you basically just that coming back said, to say we know. nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think it was me. You're right. I'm always right, guys. Um, always. You heard it here first. I also let's see. I also the the one I couldn't verify. I I found a I'd read a quote online that somebody said about Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. Um, where they basically said Gene Roddenberry has one episode idea, and that's that the starship meets God, and yeah, then yeah, God makes yeah, a woman yeah. wear a princess dress, basically, like, mm-hmm. and and plays with the crew like bugs. And I could not find where I read that. Maybe just some random user who just gets it. It was a tri- they, they attributed it to someone too. They said that they said this particular person who had recently like left the show said this uh-huh. about him. And I just couldn't I find where DC I found Montana. it. And I, yeah, no, it was, uh, I don't know. It was somebody, Dorothy. somebody else. That's the thing about the internet. So anyway. You know, you see something and then you can never, ever, ever find it again. It's like, okay, well. Well, it's also like, how am I supposed to type that in and find it? It's like Gene Roddenberry has one idea about a starship meeting God. It's like, that's every time you're typing that's Gene Roddenberry, those are all words that are going along with it. So it's that's like, it's like Gene Roddenberry's shit. one idea for a show about a starship and gods. I'm like, yeah, they're, oh no, they're like, you're kind of proving this person's point <laughs> by having so <laughs> many things true. come up where I type this in. By having so many but, results. Right. So, so if nobody ever actually said that, then they should have. <laughs> or you said it. It's cool. Yeah, it. maybe it's my quote. Attribute it to me, guys. Yeah, Alex said it. One other thing that was said last week. Mm-hmm. So our last episode, episode 50, was mm-hmm. uh, in terms oh of God, production. Oh, my God, we should do something to celebrate. I'm sorry. 
We should. What should we have done? I'm just kidding. I was just pretending I'll like I back. just remembered again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so so our last episode was a, a bit of a production disaster for us. Frankly, I'm astounded we finished it on time. Stuff went wrong at, like, every turn. We, That's that, true. we had to record later than usual, and then once we did, we couldn't get our our app that lets us watch the show together to Ugh. work. Yeah. So we ended up having to record in two separate sessions, which we've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like, the first session, we finished at, like, 11 at night or something, too. It was, like, late. And then, and then poor, poor Ross, our chief engineer, had had trouble in post too. His uh, oh, no. his dog got injured, as I recall, <gasps> and so he had to like take his dog to the vet or something. So he ended up being a little delayed. Oh, and then, shit. and then there was like a kind of a crazy tech issue that ended up it was not his fault. Um, because uh-huh. Ross is perfect and makes no mistakes. I want to be clear, Ross we is the Scotty Ross. of this show. <laughs> um, but but just just even more issues basically. And so it was like, yeah, like. We ended up getting the episode. I think I uploaded the episode like the day before it went up, which I'm like, we never cut it that close. Ooh. Um, anyway, all that to say, all of that is your fault, Sammy. Why? Because you may have said the name of a certain Scottish play in the in episode 49. Oh no, that's totally it. So you cursed us, is basically it's what I'm getting fault. at. It's my fault. Shit. Yep. We're as cursed as the starship in Cat's Paw. Oh my god, I fucked up. Yep, so... Uh, it's, it's my bad, I'm so sorry. Yep, hope you regret it. Oh, I regret it. I will never say it ever again. Good, because, you know, saying a, a cursed play's name, uh-huh. that's highly illogical. <laughs> totally, completely, absolutely, irrevocably, highly. Well, what should we do now, Maricule Ponfar? Shut up. We have an order that we do things in here. Is this your first day? All right, we'll open the hailing frequencies. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Uh, Yes, indeed. The hailing frequencies are open. This is the segment where we're going to read messages from you, the listenership, right here on the show, and you get to hear them. If you want to send a message that we read here on the show and that you get to hear read back to you uh, and that all the other audience gets to listen to, uh, you know, you're basically a, you're basically a superstar. You're pretty much that makes you as cool as us, pretty much, uh, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Almost as cool uh, as so, Kern, but... <laughs> right? Yeah, so if you want to be almost as cool as us and Kern, then, you know, this is your opportunity. Write in, tell us, uh, tell us what you think about the show. Mm. I was saying, like, as cool as us, almost as cool as Kern, you know. Mm. Yes, yeah, we're, yeah, we don't have the Spaghetti Man Medal of Valor or whatever we gave him. And speaking of Kern, we have a subspace message today from Kern. Oh, wait, did I tell them where to message us? Guys, message us at stosibspod at gmail.com. That's stosibspod at gmail.com. Okay, now forget you guys. We have Kern here. We don't need you. We don't, we don't need you. I was just being polite. I just do this segment for Kern now. <laughs> the MVP of the segment. True. So, here's our current message. Maybe maybe we should popcorn read it. Should we, we never tried that before, Sammy. You want to do yeah, popcorn? Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Hello, fellow giant glowing tennis balls. Return to Tomorrow isn't one of my favorite TOS episodes, but I love Nimoy's performance as evil Spock. Evil Spock is also really hot. I'm sure I said that a million times, but I have to say it again. 
<laughs> Any opportunity, you know. Any opportunity. The scene of Ahura screaming as she's being tortured by Spock slash Hinok is chilling. I wish we had more scenes of Hinok running the ship. Hmm. He says, Return to Tomorrow has a very complicated history, even for your typical Star Trek episode. Hmm. Uh, Gene Roddenberry had asked John Dugan to submit a script. It apparently was a mess, and Gene Kuhn has suggested all sorts of changes. Probably By the end changes. of season two, Kuhn was gone, and Roddenberry desperately needed scripts, so he rewrote the story. By most accounts, Roddenberry did improve the story, uh, but Kuhn would have probably done a much better job. Mm, absolutely. I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. If history has shown us one thing, it's that Gene Kuhn is more talented than Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> <laughs> Roddenberry felt he had made so many changes to the story that he gave himself sole writing credit. Okay, I feel like that's not cool. He should have at least given the other guy, like, a Something. credit. Yeah, not Yikes. sole writing credit. Yikes. Like, story by or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roddenberry was so full of himself that he submitted the script for a Writers Guild of America award instead of picking the other much better season two scripts. Are you kidding scripts. me? That's so wrong on so many levels it's not even your fucking script and it's it's fine it's like oh my god well and imagine imagine having all of the season two episodes of star trek to oh choose my from god, and seriously. going which one has the best script and picking this one like so fucking stupid not trouble with tribbles that is like all thriller no filler you know not a mock time not mirror mirror Mm-mm. like this man oh my is God. That's fully just like out insanity. of control. Ugh, yeah. Yuck. This guy's a, a fucking egomania. Level nine lunatic. Uh-huh. Uh, no surprise it didn't win. In the <gasps> meantime, Dugan won his appeal to the Writers Guild to have his name <gasps> listed as writer. No way. Uh, but Dugan was upset that Roddenberry had Sargon and Thalassa disappearing into oblivion at the end of the episode. Dugan was Catholic and felt that the ending went against his worldview. So he used a pen name of John Kingsbridge instead. I'm sorry, what? He's like, this is not sufficiently pro-life? What the fuck? It's also, he served to get his name on there. And then and changed then, his name. And then didn't even use his name. Or appealed, I guess he didn't sue. But Oh so. my god, these men are making me insane with rage. It's like, yeah, that would be the sort of guy that would be friends with Roddenberry, too, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot they were buddies. I don't know. I feel like, right? I don't think, I, I think, oh, I think almost all else. the writers are his buddies, is my impression. Um, well, that would explain everything. Least, yeah, a disproportionate amount of them, I think. One of the episodes is Diana, oh, one, one of the highlights of the episode is Diana Moldar's portrayal of Lieutenant Commander Anne oh, Mulhall. She's incredible. I hadn't noticed the the last name parallel there. Said oh, yeah. the character was originally written to be a yeoman, but oh, DC my God. Fontana, Fucking... yeah, of yeah. course. But DC Fontana argued for making Molehall a scientist and Thank an officer. Thank you, Dorothy. Molehall is the highest ranking female Starfleet officer to appear in TOS. She is a lieutenant well, commander. All of them were yeoman. All of them were just little secretaries. Is that just, like, outrageous or what? There's not a single, even commander, who is a woman in this show. It's not great. That's for Uh, damn sure. All right, popcorn Sammy. I wasn't a fan of Moldauer when she played Dr. Pulaski on TNG. 
But I was upset that they had replaced Dr. Crusher. Moldar had agreed to be on TNG because of her fond memories of working on TOS. Wow, I think she's the only woman who had a good time on that show, so that's cool. Right. No kidding. But Moldar said she got a cold reaction from the cast because they were also not happy that Gates McFadden had been fired. Oh, I didn't know she'd been fired. Yeah, I didn't either. I wasn't totally clear on that. I thought she... I thought it was kind of mutual, but maybe not. That's what I feel like I heard, but I think I heard it from you, so I don't know. I can't fully remember myself. Kern probably knows better than we do. That's true. I trust Kern. It was probably one of those, like, like, you can't quit, you're fired (laughs) situations. Mm, Could be, could be. Either way, they got her back. That is not Diana Moldauer's fault, you know? Like, it's just kind of fucked up to be mean to her about that no yeah like come on just be like supportive of your castmate your new castmate and she was great i don't know whatever here are some other random notes i've made maybe one two or more gifs over the years that's right people i say gifs fuck off they're gifs everybody knows it's pronounced gif i know but i started saying gif and i'm just gonna stick with it and i don't really care anyways (sighs) two or more gifs over the years of Shatner's over-the-top performance of Sargon taking over Kirk's body. Ralph Sineski, the episode's director, also was unhappy with Shatner's performance. Yeah, I think we all were. Uh, but Sineski yep. let it go because Paramount had cut the budget and production schedule, so he was under the gun to get the episode done on time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's why we get these kind of performances. He's like, well, I guess that's what we're going with. Great job, William. <laughs> God, stupid as shit. Anyways. But I do like Kirk's risk is our business speech a lot since it sums up the mission of Star Trek. It was also pretty bold mentioning that the Apollo program had reached the moon considering it was filmed right after the Apollo 1 disaster. It was unknown when the Apollo program would resume. That is really fucking cool. Yeah, bold. Boldly writing. Boldly writing. Our favorite buddy guy, Billy Blackburn, did double duty this episode. In addition to playing Lieutenant Hadley, I totally always remember his name. Anyways. Oh, uh, this is interesting. I I, I didn't read this far in the email so far, so this is new to me, too. Oh, sick. (laughs) He was the android body, the gooey, yucky android body. It wasn't fun, as they had him shave his chest and pour acetate all over his body. Speaking of android bodies, maybe Kirk could have told Sargon about those nice bodies on Mud's planet or Dr. Corby's planet. Oh my god, seriously. Yeah, there's right? so many there's not androids all over. Instead, they're using poor Hadley. Ugh, for real. Also, Billy Blackburn, the, the giant bunny, MVP. This guy is like the unsung hero of this show. He like, is. If he has a memoir, well, I don't know if I'd read it, but I would read the back cover. Right. I mean, he was two. certainly like extremely present on this show mm. yeah definitely i can't he believe they didn't shown. it's a shame he didn't get more lines that's true he was a but it's also trooper. like it's a line it's a line that's hard to uncross you know once you start giving him lines then it's like then then just are you supposed to have him just return and keep not saying lines for every I week know. after that well, they like, have so many, they you have gotta so many... keep him in his box or else you won't have him to sit there at the at the <laughs> They have so many underutilized characters and actors, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, they don't. And and he's unfortunately just not that inspiring that, like, I don't (laughs) think he deserves lines over, like. But he says yes to everything and he really goes for it and he'll shave his fucking chest. Yes, he will. 
I don't know how many times I watched the episode before I realized that James DeHaan was the voice of Sargon. That's so fun. What? Oh, wow. It makes sense because he had done a lot of radio acting earlier in his career. Very cool. I had no idea. Uh, the script originally said that Adam and Eve were sent by Sargon's people, of course, because we can't have a Star Trek episode in which we don't mention Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and the Serpent, etc., etc., etc. They're the actual main characters of Star Trek. Yeah. I want somebody to tell me the Christian creation story, but their only source material is Star Trek episodes. <laughs> right? Oh my god. They're like, well, there was definitely a garden. I want to say there were yetis there, or mugatos, maybe. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucked up gorillas? Yeah, absolutely. Kern says, that's interesting because Dugan, the Catholic, was the one who wrote that dialogue. NBC objected, saying it was sacrilegious. Okay, this is so weird. Roddenberry rewrote the scene to say it's only possible that they were Adam and Eve. Oh my god, this is so fucking stupid. Like, why does everyone care also, so does... much about what's sacrilegious? And also, it's like... I mean, I see why at the time with the viewers, uh, at least with the the viewership, I can get why the network would be doing that. Mm-hmm. But like, and but Dugan is like a perfect encapsulation of what I was saying last week about how people with the Bible pick and choose which parts they think are important. Definitely, it's like so he can so he can write things that the network thinks is sacrilege, but then this like fairly innocuous ending, he's like, that's, that's not thing. Catholic. Yeah, it's, like, it's so it's so up to interpretation or open to interpretation and also just to insert like catholic doctrine into every part of sci-fi to such a degree is like you know it's just like this is fantasy like well you know it doesn't all have to and also like how are you nothing is outside of the realm of the possibility Uh of there being an all-powerful god yeah like and certainly nothing in here is is, you know denouncing jesus's existence so it's like Uh uh-huh I don't know. I, I just don't see how you could even interpret it as. Yeah, it's just weird that people are like taking it upon themselves to like be the authority of a whole mm-hmm. religion. You know, like that's just a little whack to me. I am the church. Yeah, like, no, thank you. Kern says about Nurse Chapel, it's not the best part in TOS. That's why I prefer the portrayal of Chapel in Strange New Worlds, even though it's so different. She's also so way, different. way, way, way hotter. I'm just kidding. That was yes, me adding no, that. But, but really, Alex's she is. Like, it's not even... It's, <laughs> it it's, would be hard to be less like hot. Cruel to, uh, it's cruel to Nurse Chapel, yeah, to Major Barrett. Yeah. Like, it's like, not only... Like, you cast, like, the most attractive woman in her role. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Kurt says, I rate Metamorphosis higher than Return to Tomorrow, but neither episode make my top ten for season two episodes. Live long and prosper, Lieutenant Kern. I will be interested when we get to the end of this to see what our top ten season two episodes end up being. Yeah, and and Kern, as it sounds like you know yours, once we get there, you should send yours too, and we yes, can, uh, but we not can all yet. compare. Yeah. Not yet. No. Yeah. But there'll be a time. Let, let us know your favorites. Yeah, um, I'm really interested. And anyone else that's listening too, feel free to you know once we get to the end of the season, oh, everybody true. send in your top tens, and we, we got to remember all, we to remind compare. everybody when we're on the last episode of wait, last episode of season two or first episode of season three. I would think second to last episode of season two. Okay, we have to it. remind them so that got they can it, send it, it in, and then on the last episode we'll read it. But if you want to send it a little early, I just won't open the email. Just let me know what it is. Say these are the episodes. Don't look yet. You know. <laughs> 
Exactly. It's the only Star Trek podcast that you can listen to where you have to we have to be in fear of spoiling the show for oh the Oh my god, I know. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, well, as always, thank you for writing in Kern and sharing all of your incredible Star Trek knowledge. And especially like that was quite a story. And Alex liked yeah, it so was, much uh... he took his shirt off. Yeah, no, I yeah, I was getting so hot and heavy over it. I had to, I had to strip down. Yeah, it's so funny when I'm like looking away from the Zoom window and then I look back and I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very white, <laughs> <laughs> startlingly. And I've got these skinny arms. I look like starving Christ on the cross. I always think. Oh my Except god! Except for when Christ is occasionally jacked. Oh, <laughs> oh, those are the best ones. He's usually he's usually got a like like abs like washboard abs but tiny arms. I think arms they're is supposed to look like see. sunken in, but they do just end up looking like a six or an eight pack, you know. Yeah, he ends up just looking like buff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, thank you so much. How come Karen. they never talk about that in the Star Trek episodes? Buff. Yeah, right. Christ. Christ's washboard abs. It doesn't come <laughs> up that often. It's always the Garden of Eden, and who really cares? It's like the Shroud of Turin, but it's like the version that touched his abs. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's get to the uh, guessing this plot. Okay, so this is Guess the Plot, the segment where I tell Alex the name of the episode that we're about to watch, and he uses his extensive Star Trek knowledge to guess what's going to happen, even though he's never seen it before. All right, Alex, the name of today's episode is Patterns of Force. Patterns of Force? Mm -hmm. Patterns of Force. I feel like this might be a space battle episode, um, which would make sense because we're probably a little overdue for a space battle episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe... Let's see. You. Um, I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to decide if the patterns of force is applying to our, our methodology in fighting or if it's going to apply to who we're being attacked by. Like, mm -hmm. if we're maybe going to um, uh, have maybe like, like, maybe we're being attacked by small ships, you know, mm -hmm. that are, that we're kind of picking them off one by one, but they're, they're maybe probing us for our weaknesses or something. In each little small kind of kamikaze ship, you know. At first, we don't even want to shoot them, and then, then, and then um, we get to the point where we're like, "Oh, we gotta shoot them." Almost like that episode of TNG where uh, there's like those—they land on a planet. There's little drones that come out, and they like shoot the, you know, the, and that shoot at them, and they oh, shoot at the first God, one, and that's like the that second one. one comes out and has Just a shield. Just because it makes me so mad. It's so infuriating. I honestly don't remember too much of it besides that. And I remember, I, I remember watching it in that moment, being like, "This is an interesting conflict." <laughs> like, no, it's good. It's good. It's not. It's not like I'm saying it's a bad episode. It's just like really frustrating. It's like, how do you beat an enemy yeah. that learns from you constantly? That adapts. Yeah. yeah. Or the Borg do the same thing, where you have to, you have to, you know, do the variable uh, frequencies. Nothing that. more important than frequencies in, in TNG. <laughs> That's true. Right. But um. Anyway, yeah, so we got a bunch of tiny little drones are attacking us, and eventually Kirk figures out, he's like, the only way to defeat them is to be unpredictable. We have to <laughs> act strange in ways that we haven't before. Be 
illogical. And Spock says, I'm just imagining like, the so, Enterprise like doing like barrel rolls. Just yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, full reverse. Stop. Shoot phasers away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot phasers at our own hole. Oh my god. Shoot that nearby moon. Spock's like, but Captain, being illogical is illogical. But in this circumstance, being illogical perhaps is logical. Oh my god. Uh, Growth moment. And, and you know, Bones is like, you and your damn logic. I just hate on you just for speaking, basically. Even if you're doing something totally not remarkable. I, I just have to, you know, pour my derision over everything. Uh-huh. You know, voice my disdain. Mm-hmm. Have I mentioned that I hate people who are different? <laughs> Just a miserable old married couple. Yes. And uh, and then and then the uh, Piccolo guy plays his little Just his little you know, thing, and everybody uh, flies off into the, the stars and lives mm-hmm. happily ever after. Mm. Another perfect episode. I don't remember this one super well, but I'm pretty sure that all of that was wrong. Oh, no. But it did make me think of, did you ever read Ender's Game? No, but I remember the movie that came out that I, I didn't see really either. Like it. And it was Harrison Ford and Ben Kingsley. I always thought it sounded cool because it's very, like, starship fighting based. It's a really good book. I read it kind of recently. It's real good. You know, movie I want, keep wanting to rewatch. I think mm-hmm. I saw that it was on HBO the other day. It was Last Starfighter. I uh-huh. I've heard the name, but I know absolutely nothing. I remember watching it when I was quite young, which is probably mm-hmm. why I was kind of like, "Oh, I want to see this again." I remember like watching it when I was like probably like nine or something. It was like very late at night. I watched it probably with like Tim, our older brother. Shout out to Tim. Probably his first shout out on the on the pod, right? It's okay, he'll never hear it. There's another. There's another sib, guys. They don't even know. Secret sibling. <laughs> the excluded one. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure it was one of those ones that was like just riding on the coattails of Star Wars. There was just like a lot totally. of wacky aliens and a lot of like spaceship fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just remember as a kid that it made an impression on me. And, and I mostly just remember thinking it was so strange throughout. Just being mm. like, what a weird, wacky movie. Interesting. It probably isn't that good based I on how sucks. often it gets brought up. Yep. Uh-huh. I bet it's like. I bet to watch it now, yeah, we I would probably just be like, wow, this is a total shameless Star Wars ripoff that is completely <laughs> joyless and is a cash grab. But see, it's movies like that that maybe that that occasionally make me wish that I still smoked pot. Yeah, <laughs> that makes like, it more fun. How am I gonna go watch Last Starfighter totally sober? You can't. <laughs> no. Yeah, You'll just be miserable. Yeah, s- certain movies were made for stoners and vice mm-hmm. versa. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we're not watching any of those things we just brought up. Instead, we're watching The Family Stallone. Oh my god, those women are beautiful. What the fuck? Right? Is it too late to pivot the podcast and make it about that? Let's do it. Oh my gosh, I love Sylvester Stallone. I love beautiful women. I love reality TV. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to marry one of those hot daughters so that Stallone can be my daddy. Oh my god, <laughs> can you imagine? Me too. All right, let's get into it. And now for our feature presentation.
All right, there's a big, weird UFO-looking ship that's flying across the screen. Once upon a time on the Starship oh, Enterprise. Enterprise. Hi, sir. Come Try to raise John Gill on Starfleet. We're going to visit somebody named John Gill, who looks like a big old doofus. He's just, just another old white guy, guys. You've seen him in every other episode we've ever watched. It is just that same guy. Generic white guy number five. We're going to oh meet up God. with him. He used to be Kirk's teacher, I want to say. It was my instructor at the academy. There we go. There go. Um, <laughs> I feel like if you did like a Star Trek improv group, you would just need like one old white guy and he would be a different character every time. Like he could be like the guest <laughs> character. You could just right. have a hot woman and an old white guy who are just always playing different characters. So they're just interchangeable throughout. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. you're right. Just a different wig and a different dress. <laughs> or the same princess dress. Oh, yeah. Of course. The princess dress. <laughs> Do you think you'd have fun playing one of these doofass Yaoman characters, Sammy? Oh my god, I feel like it'd be a really, really fun part. I think it's way more fun to, like, be a bimbo than it is to be competent, to be honest. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> way more fun. Oh, anyway, here comes that tiny rocket that I predicted in Guess the Plot. So, uh, ah, I looks like I was right. <laughs> That's right, because that was only 20 minutes ago, not four days ago. <laughs> I love when Spock's is fascinating. Generations ahead of where these people should be. It's like the most quintessential, like Vulcan thing. <laughs> dun dun dun! They couldn't find a better picture of poor John Gill, Kirk's old instructor. Like, it's like when you go on Wikipedia and it's always the ugliest picture imaginable. He's like he's like blinking and his mouth is open. Like like it looks like the sun is in his eyes and he's like halfway being like, "Hey guys, I think we and then someone just took his photo." Like <laughs> <laughs> No, he's just really stoned. Right, yeah, he was stoned out of his mind during the photo. It's like, "What? Why was that the the photo they used?" <laughs> okay, so basically they're looking for a historian. Actually, you know what? I feel like I wasn't paying close enough attention to explain it. No, no, tell us, Sammy, what's happening? Yeah, they're looking for a historian who is an instructor at the Academy for Kirk. And Spock was all like, yeah, he's one of the good historians. Spock was basically like, he's not like a we didn't start the fire Billy Joel kind of historian. He's like a legit historian. And then <laughs> and then suddenly a thermonuclear a... warhead flew out and they shot mm -hmm. it. And Bones went, it doesn't make sense that this planet would have warheads. Mm -hmm. And then they all looked at the picture of John Gill where he looked ugly as shit, and they're like, maybe? <laughs> and maybe then uh, the opening credits played, and uh, the title of the show popped up, and then Kirk started talking to Chekhov. Okay, I think we're over-explaining. I think we're in danger uh, of over-explaining. Oh, okay, oh, okay, all right. Should have no such weapon. Orbit computed and locked in, sir. Execute. Captain, no response on John This is like the evil version of the Gangsters episode. The Gangsters episode was cute. This, this episode is going to get a little dark. This is the Nazi version. Okay, I was going to say, I know we have a Nazi episode floating mm -hmm. around somewhere in here, so this yep, is the this Nazi is the episode. One. Yeah. All right. Run into a far more serious problem than the disappearance of John Gill. Spock, you and I will beam down. You know, probably in the 60s, this seemed, like, absurd to think that, like, Nazis were still going to be around in 300 years. Oh, God. You're so right. That's so deeply depressing. 
Oh, I love when it's they like wear more regular clothes. Than ever right now. <laughs> Kirk and Spock always just look like old timey gay husbands, you know. Is it just me? Yeah, that that work down by the that work in like the wharf, that work in the like uh, by the docks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically like he like Kirk is Marlon Brando and on the waterfront, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's like yeah. I. That's really funny. I was thinking, I was picturing the exact same thing right? even before you and, said uh, that. And and Spock is also Marlon Brando on the waterfront. Yeah, exactly. They're both Marlon Brando. It's just that Shatner is more of a Marlon Brando body type, especially later in his career. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> He's still kind of short and stocky. Interesting. By comparison to everyone else. Again, I know he's a tall person, but he's just surrounded by giants. Yeah. So fair. he looks like a short king. Oh, oh no. Oh, man. Shit. Okay. Well, if you scream hide, they're probably going to know that someone's hiding around here. Oh, no. They're kicking him with their Nazi boots. Mm-hmm. And they got legit swastikas. Oh, man. So Zion, obviously like a Zion kind of thing. Nope, yeah, that was clear. Yeah. It was a, they barely even bothered to. They didn't. But that's no ended. Move! They just mispronounced it. This drum. Unbelievable. Yeah, what was that? recognize those uniforms? Mid-20th century Earth. The nation's... Some of the coolest uniforms ever made by Hugo Boss. It's unfortunate they were put to such terrible use. Oh my god. It's like, it's crazy that they did a, like, Nazi Germany episode. Because, like, historically speaking, they are, like, not very far off at all, you know? No, not at all. This was, like this was 23 years ago. years, yeah. It's so crazy. I also think William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy are both Jewish, which I feel like is interesting. Shatner's Jewish? I don't think I knew that. I think I, so. Nimoy for sure is, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think... Uh, George Takei was in an internment camp, question mark? He was, but that was, yeah, that was the, um, that was in America when they did the, uh... Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, yeah. Internment camps. Uh, thank you. I wish I remembered the For history Japanese a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not a good time Oh, they've American got a beautiful history. Nazi girl. But she's no, facing her all way while she's saluting. <laughs> Long live the fatherland. Long live the Fuhrer. They're see, like legit the Fuhrer, doing Nazi salute. They have oh. a different Fuhrer, though. It's John Gill. Um, John Gill, huh? And the Fuhrer is actually a white guy this time. <laughs> the the, the um, Fuhrer fits his own ideals, unlike the actual uh, Hitler. He's He wasn't white? He was, but he was like... Hitler fit the description of the same people that he oh, was saying Oh, you're saying he's to... not, like, Aryan? Yeah. Oh, he was okay. being like, people with brown eyes and brown hair, get rid of them. And it was like, what well, do you have? Okay. <laughs> it's tiny, cheesy mustaches? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, anyone you see with a very small mustache. <laughs> um, fun fact, this did not air in Germany until the 90s because they had, like, broadcasting laws against, like, any... Like swastikas and Nazi depictions and stuff. Now we got uh, Nimoy dressed as a Nazi. Which is good because it covers up the eyebrows. 
That's true, and the ears. Yeah, that too. Well, he's not one of us, and I captured him. With all Zayan pigs, Lieutenant. Take charge of it. With pleasure. Today we have a surprise plan for you, Zayan. And this guy's got even better. We got a surprise plan for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Your uniform, Captain. Yes, it's a shame yours isn't as attractive as mine. Oh my God. Yes, that's like exactly what I said. <laughs> they definitely had a conversation about it where, like, they got the first uniform, and Kirk was like, I think that that's a lower-ranking uniform, so let's get me a better one. Yeah. And Nemo was like, I will gladly not wear the armband. Have you forgotten how to salute? Yeah, but he's got a little swastika on his helmet. Your papers. Oh, you're right. Your orders, Lieutenant. He wants to see your orders in the jacket. The Lieutenant's a little dazed. He captured several Zayons single-handed. One of the pigs struck wow. him. Wow. They really put Nimoy in that outfit just that to make him less hot. Never get up again. They're like, this man is too sexy. Give him a Poor stupid little... They're so bad at hailing the fear. Right. They, like, wave. They're like, hello. <laughs> you don't look well. Your color. Yes, I shall tend to it, Major. Lieutenant. Do you just want to punch all these guys in the face? I guess that's kind of the point. Helmet yep, that's the whole idea of Nazis. We have urgent business with the Fuhrer. Lieutenant, remove your helmet. Based on their uniforms, it looks like Kirk outranks this guy to me. I think so. But he also outranks Spock. Yeah, but Kirk should... should... Like, my god he's clearly some sort of Jewish alien he's got bangs bangs are against the dress code <laughs> no no now they're oh, oh no they're smacking them with paintbrushes they're silently whipping Kirk and Spock why did they use the green paintbrushes on Spock enough that was a very quiet whip <laughs> it did a lot of damage though do you wish to speak now? I see. I see why all these, like, even in the '60s, though, they wanted to make like Nazi content because it was like, I mean, not Nazi content, but like content where we're fighting the Nazis because it was like, it, it within history, it was it probably felt like one of the most clear times of like good and evil sort of a thing where it was like these were definitively bad guys, so anyone who was against them must have been a good guy. You know, like every yeah. other war is a little more complicated than that but world war ii everyone was kind of like no they were bad like what they were doing was objectively bad <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm interested to know like the motivation behind writing this episode i'm sure there's a story Curran, let us know your excellency yeah is there um i've been interrogating these two one of the producers just had a bunch of uh, nazi uniforms on hand well they 100 percent just like had a bunch they had access to a bunch of nazi uniforms you know like, no of course yeah I, I mean any studio is going to because every studio exactly. has made a nazi movie yeah a world war ii movie as they're more often called where do you come from <laughs> nazi <laughs> flicks <laughs> you know when you just gotta make some nazi propaganda you are speaking to the chairman of the party. That's enough, Major. What were the weapons found on you? What design? And why didn't you use them on us? Their weapons get them into trouble so often. <laughs> yeah, they should just leave them behind if you're not going to shoot them at Leave it behind or use them, you know? Yeah. It would have been satisfying to watch them disintegrate some Nazis. This guy's got such creep energy. He's got that also, I guess a, uh, Schindler's List vibe. 
Right. Yeah. I was going to say, Kirk obviously really fucked up that he, like, that he has ended up down here, too. Because he could have easily been like, my God, what what's wrong with this guy when Spock took off the helmet? Like, I, he know, like, right? I had no idea he looked He's like that. He's ride or die. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was just like, I'm also not from here. Like, he was just immediately ratting on himself. Hold on for an hour. Excellency, the order is... That is my order, Major. I suggest you do not disobey. These guys are all so punk punchable. I almost said punctual. <laughs> They're probably also punctual. All right, pigs. I shall keep my eye on the clock. They're also, like, just insecure babies. Like, like real Nazis. True. No, I have the authority. No, I have the authority. And I like Hitler the most. Wow. I know I say it so frequently, but Captain Kirk's got cake. Gentlest man, I have no <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> impossible. Off brand James Dean over here on the other cell. Yeah, this guy's good looking. You're not a Zeon. He certainly is not one. Why do the Nazis treat you as enemies? Why do the Nazis hate Zeons? It's interesting that the Nazis are called Nazis, but that, like, the Zeons are called Zeons. Right. I think it's because, I don't know, I think maybe it's they're trying to make it more palatable for, like, a Jewish audience, you know? Probably. Well, and also it translates because the Nazis clearly just hated anyone different. That's true. So it was like, you know. Dozens of generations ago. We came here, we thought we were civilizing the Ecosians. Would seem the assumption was premature. Well, they liked this when you first came here? Well, I guess. But not vicious. That started when the Nazi movement began. It was only a few years ago. Okay, so they started Man. a whole new Nazi movement. It's not like remnants of yeah. the old Nazi movement. No, it's like the influence of John Gill. But it's like, I think you would why? kind of like. If you knew everything about history, like, why would this be the thing that you're choosing that's, yeah, to do? Yeah, that's exactly what Not I was going to say. Like, some like of the most famous up? losers in history. Yeah, like, because it's, like, such a... Because they got their failure. asses handed to them. And they notoriously were, like, kind of a shit show, too. Like, you know, like... Because there's a reason that people choose fascism, but, like, at least... Come up with a new one that's better. Not not an old one that already, fascism. you know... This one, this one has been tested by the by the sands of time and failed. What? Uh huh. Contact the ship. Point out, Captain. Yeah, I'm evil, interested evilness to hear the logic. Evilness aside, competence was also lacking. What? Yeah. This is not a not a good way to run an evil empire. No, the, yeah, the the uniforms are the only thing they got right. Well, and they called people stormtroopers, which is pretty They're taking apart their own bed. Now where are they going to fuck? <laughs> I know, they're shirtless, they're handcuffed. It's a perfect opportunity. All right, very kinky Kirk Spock scene, and they were getting whipped earlier. I'm amazed we barely remarked on it. Yeah. This definitely did numbers in the gay community, guaranteed. What do say? I said this did numbers in the gay community, guaranteed. <laughs> Everybody was talking about this episode. I mean, look at Nimoy's hairy chest. Ugh, oh, I am looking. No, it's there, McCoy. And his green whip marks. Mm-hmm. 
you're the thickest computer this yeah, so. I'm like, I just feel, I've always felt like Captain Kirk is such a queer-coded character for all his, like, macho-ness, you know? Absolutely. I think we've he's made that, that pretty like, clear. He's got that, like, Commander Riker thing, you know, where it's just, like, anything goes. Yes, absolutely. Of course, crude estimation. Okay. What is it, Jimmy? He is a, uh, a pansexual, as they say. <laughs> oh, well, the light is very low. Yes, to reach that light, I should require some sort of platform. I would. <laughs> See, they're so in love. And now they're climbing on each other. I shall require a platform. Necessary <laughs> stimulus. As I recall from the history of physics. Spock is being hysterically clumsy about this. It's kind of cute, though. Right. Using crude natural crystals. Oh, Mr. Spock, lead. That's why Captain Kirk's ass is so thick, because he can just, like, squat and hold the weight of an entire other person. You realize the aim will, of course, be very crude. I don't care if you hit the broadside of a barn. Just hurry, please. I love these two. Why should I aim at such a structure? Oh, my God. Spock's suddenly a dumbass when he's standing on top of Kirk. Um, this would totally wow. work. I just need everyone to know that you could absolutely use a light bulb to laser a lock oh on the jail. Well, there was there was also a crystal that they pulled out from under out. under Spock's skin that Bones put there. Did I understand that correctly? I think that's what they said a minute ago. Yeah, I think he pulled out a crystal. You, over there. I'll create a. That's why you gotta always have a crystal in your skin. Help! I'll talk. I'll talk. I can't stand it anymore. I'll talk. Guard. Also, love how little they have to like communicate in order to like carry out their plan. Right. Such good chemistry. <laughs> Such a good team. Oh, you done been neck neck pinched, awesome. fool. I love how much they can do with handcuffs on. Like, why didn't you handcuff them behind their back, idiots? Just <laughs> right? typical Nazi bullshit. I was just thinking this is now the third Nazi they've fully removed his clothes from. This is the first time we're actually kind of watching them do it, but I'm like, I'm like, since Kirk and Spock got to this planet, they've just fully so taken the clothes Nazis off of three unconscious everywhere. men. Yeah. Oh, four, apparently. Oh, wait, no. They just put Kirk in the outfit. I thought they put Spock. Which is the laboratory door. Nimoy oh, still has yeah. no shirt Spock's on. Spock's gonna be shirtless a little bit longer, ladies. Yep, that was some fan service right there. Uh-huh. And I say thank you. <laughs> thank you for your service, Commander. We have fire stairs only and authorized personnel this is only. A cool uh oh, set. someone's coming out of authorized personnel only. Alright, Zayon Pigs, move. I like that Spock's walking behind him. Like he's like he's part of the gang. They're on their way to the laboratory for experimental work. They'll pay. Move! Like every Nazi, wow. the man Spock's that they just tried to fool was incredibly quickly. stupid. <laughs> They're all big dummies. They're like, we are very good at walking in straight line and not thinking at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you get one to work? Possibly. Who are you people? This guy is such a third wheel. He's just like asking all these questions. It's like, dude, just, just be cool. Just hang around. Yeah, like, like, go with the flow. Like, just be glad you're not in a cage anymore. Exactly. Like, shut up. What, like, and yeah, we don't need an exposition dump right now. Like, there's no time. We do not. 
Alien pistols are concept of the Gestapo Command Headquarters. Well, that takes care of the phaser. I like that they clearly identified them as aliens and still left them in just like the most like basic cell you've ever seen. I know, right? Well, I mean, what else are they gonna do, I guess? I feel like bring them to like an Area 51 type place, like really like strap them down and like, like dissect them or some shit. You know like, one. we can steal a car, get out of the capital. We came to get John Gill. Captain, without phasers and until we're able to communicate with the ship. It is illogical to assume that we can hold out against the entire military force of this planet. All right, Mrs. Buck, you made your point. Get into the uniform and hide those ears again. Hunting's good. We've got so many Zeons, we've got to dump them outside. Just like, let I me like explain that... what I'm doing as I'm walking past you so that you don't ask me any questions. I also like that I'm almost certain those are the same two guards that witnessed them get caught earlier. I hope so. They're like, they're like, weren't you the two guys making really bad excuses earlier that ended up being aliens? They're like, we are slightly suspicious by the way you keep explaining everything you're doing. We're climbing into a sewer now, which is like our sixth set of the episode. We got sets for I days know, in this episode. Such a cool set. Uh -oh. oh no, someone's already got a gun trained on the tunnel we're coming out of. Oh, okay, it's oh, our guy. It's He's a got a nice. We're in the Zeon sewer headquarters. I like how everybody has like a uh, very cliche Jewish name with like one letter different. They're like, this is Abram. I'm yeah, right. Isaac, whatever. And of course there's Abraham. <laughs> Abram, I owe them my life. What do you think, Mosiah? He's dead. Shot down in the streets. I don't know who that is, so I don't really feel any kind of... One of their allies, I presume. I guess so. Oh, his oh, girlfriend. Okay, shit. Oh. Awkward. She lived for five hours. You can't marry a woman who's only been alive for five hours. Shut up. Oh my god. Ugh. That's so fucked up. Our own people were unable to help her. Damn. Damn, that's raw. Mm-hmm. Guys, have we mentioned that we're like really anti-Nazi over here? Uh, yeah, we think Nazis are bad. Yeah, we do not like them. Yeah. I just, I just want to make the, the podcast's stance on Nazism really clear to you guys. You know, Absolutely. we're telling a lot of jokes here. It's important yeah. to know. We don't mm -hmm. like them. Mm -mm. We I'm, glad we, I'm glad we got that out. Undisturbed somewhere. This way. Hmm. It's interesting that the Zeons have no kind of... Um, like, I can't tell the Zeons from the Nazis, racially speaking. Oh, yeah. I think it's just about what they're wearing. But you're saying, yeah. yeah. the Nazis are all in uniforms, good... and the Zeons are all not. I think that was a good Yeah, call. I don't think that was... Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's a Nazi, though. Uh-oh, it's that Nazi girl. It's that hot Nazi chick. Spock, but she's not Kirk, as you're not going to get it on with the Nazi, Nazi are you? From Indiana Jones. That's true. <laughs> that's a top five hot Nazi chick right there. 
I can't think of any more. Guys, write in and tell us your top five hot Nazi shirts. What the fuck? You know what we do to responsible Zans? Oh, oh no. She didn't even look at where she was pointing. She just like swung her gun around and shot. Damn, she shot Abram after he she gave sucks. that really good performance for one scene. God. Honestly, she's not even that hot. She's just the only woman that we've seen on this planet, so. Have you killed the last of us she's all nothing special. Haha. <laughs> you suck. I don't know. I love a lady in uniform. Yeah, I think maybe that's not, all uh, is. Maybe not that particular <laughs> uniform. No. Maybe less, less swastika. Yeah. We had taken you into our confidence. We could have betrayed. Oh, she's a spy. Had been Nazi spies. All right, leave us. The Gestapo methods are frighteningly efficient. I don't know. No wonder she's so hot. Oh no, I'm wrong. We of the underground don't know who our leaders are. That way, if we if we break under pressure, we can only betray a handful of our people. This young lady is a Nazi, a hero of the Fatherland. We saw her being decorated. I'm an Ekoshin, fighting the terrible thing that's happened to my people. The decoration was for betraying my own father to the party. Damn. Also, she needs to figure out how to wear a beret because she is not doing it right, in my humble opinion. They saw the changes and where they were leading. He turned against the party. They imprisoned. Yeah, you're right. It's like stapled to the side of her head. That looks so stupid. It looks fine from straight on, but then she turns her head and it looks real bad. I had betrayed him. He gave me a weapon to continue the fight with. But how could this have seemed right to John Gill? Who? John Gill, your Fuhrer. He's one of our people. And what is your people? It's a valid question. Not Nazis. I'm Captain James Kirk of the United Spaceship Enterprises, and my first officer, Mr. Spock. John Gill, your Fuhrer, was sent here by the Federation as a cultural observer. And he did not do a great job. I'm just gonna say it. You know, you just can't trust guys that are too into history. It's an alien. Especially too into this part of history. Especially too into World War II history. It is a little bit of a yellow flag. If, you know, if either they're, yeah, if either they're like World War II fanatics or if they're uh, uh, revolution, not revolutionary, uh, Civil War fanatics. Any kind of war, really, you know, because like history is so interesting, but if the only thing that interests you in war, yellow flag. He was sent here to observe. But you know, see, see somebody going to too many of those uh, Civil War reenactments. You, know? yeah. you, you might want to at least ask what side they're cosplaying. Yeah, or just like, ask him what's up. Like, what's so interesting? Death to Lincoln! Oh my god. Maximum security. Maximum security. Is he so afraid? There are many of us. Well, the Koshians and younger Zeans would gladly risk our lives to kill him. Don't understand what's going the on. old Zeons, they're not really into that Our only chance is to see him and quickly. He makes a speech tonight from the Chancellery. All the top party officials will be there. <laughs> will you be there? Kirk is like, I see a woman. I grab her. <laughs> I know she can't walk without my help. I show her how to walk. As an honored member of the party, she could get us past the guards. Only the top, most trusted officials will be allowed in. The country will watch from the view screens. And no one knows for sure, but I'm afraid it will be a formal declaration of war against Zeon. Their final solution. You must get us in there. It would be suicide. Well, it's a risk living in all the way things are going. Now, if the captain believes he has a chance, I'm willing to commit suicide with him. 
You, Zeon. You expect to get into the Chancellery? All he has to do is put on a uniform. Yeah, right? Then he looks just he like an ass. He just looks like a guy. Yeah. You know who they should have brought on this mission? Lieutenant Kyle. He would fit right in. Actually, um, I think he's somewhere around. I think the actor is a Nazi. Do you think he's in playing one of the Nazis? I think. I think so. That would make sense because he, he he has the head for it. Yeah, we've said it before. Smile, Corporal. Excuse me. Even our little flashlights have the Nazi logo on them. I know. Come on. Swastika. <laughs> the Nazi logo. I'm beginning to understand. That Nazi emoji. No matter how carefully one computes the odds of success, there is still a certain exhilaration in the risk. Very good. is weird this episode. He is. I'm kind of into it. He's he's got he's almost reminding me of Data. Yeah. This is this is a great plan. They bring in like that's literally they're doing the Inglorious Bastards. This is where Quintino got the idea. They they're gonna go up to Kirk and be like, "In your name," and he'll be like, "Golami." We're here to kill Hitler. Gorlami. <laughs> Damn, I really want to watch that movie. It's great. Where's the entrance to the broadcast booth? There, at the end of the corridor. <laughs> Not going to try to get into the broadcast booth. We're going to try. Sir, is this light a little higher? Better here. Good. If you'll distract the card long enough. They're like, we got to get all of the video we can of the only woman on this planet. <laughs> That's why that guy was so devastated that his girlfriend died, is he was like, that was the only girl. They're an endangered species. Gentlemen, this is for the record of the Fuhrer's final solution. They all left when we became Nazis. <laughs> Turns out chicks aren't into that shit. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> This this light thing is brilliant though. They can just shine lights directly in the faces of anyone who's who's like trying to look at them. That's so true. Just blind them. Yes, well that may be part of the plan. The semi-divine detachment. Or a deep psychosis. Maybe simpler than that. It may be drugged. We need McCoy. Is there a place Yeah. Room He'll fit right you know, in. <laughs> he becomes a Nazi after like two minutes. Any place. He's like, like well, guys, I've been I'm not so sure these Zeons are a good influence on the planet. It's like that final solution speech really got me thinking. In fact, it may not work at all. Think positively, Spock. Perhaps we could do something similar to the Vulcans, eh, Mister Mister Spock? To Enterprise. Taking it way too far as usual. Spock to Enterprise. Come Enterprise. Your banter is bleaching on horrendously racist once again, Doctor McCoy. Yes, sir. Captain, we're not reading you well. You're nine points into the low frequency band. Oh my god, nine points into the low frequency band. Patch historical computer into uniform section. Well, just bump, bump, my, bump my frequencies up by nine. Oh, come on. Old Earth date 1944. Make him a colonel. Yes, sir. Wow, I love that they can just have any costumes they want. That would be the real... That's the real future that I want. Just be able right. to magic some cute outfits. He's like... Uhura, talk to the talk to the ship seamstress. Uhura is the ship seamstress. Found John Gill. She does it all. Seen him. He may be drugged, hypnotized, or psychotic. I'm just evil, TBH. What is it? No, nah, sometimes you get drugged into becoming the next Hitler. You know? 
I mean, someone shoots you up is... and you're like, oh, now I have to start the, another World War II. That's why I don't smoke weed, because that happened to me once. Exactly, yeah, you never know when you might just suddenly become Hitler. <laughs> Hitleritis, as they call it. Oh, McCoy looks so pissed. McCoy's here and he's in uniform. He's literally putting his boots on. They really rushed that guy to the transport. I'm impressed. Computer made a mistake in the measurements, right? Boots too tight. There is no way to proceed, doctor. You point your toe, apply equal pressure to your body. I love this. And push. We have no time for emotionalism. If there's one thing I know, it's how to wear knee-high boots, McCoy. This is Dr. McCoy, our chief medical officer. Darris, secretary to the National Socialist Party. I'm a doctor, not a fashionable war lord. <laughs> you nailed it. I'm a doctor, not a foot model. We were just fooling around in this broom closet. I mean, there's a woman. The Nazis there. They came in and found like, them in the closet. Yeah. That girl is drunk. Is a little too much to drink. I see. I'm impressed by how silly yes, they've managed to make this episode. Sure. Yes, a doctor <laughs> should have more pride. You were right to conceal him. There's a spy in this building with a secret transmitter. We're conducting a search. Hail the Fuhrer. Hail the Fuhrer. They They're all so bad. Spock hail the Fuhrer. He just like swished his hand. But uh, maybe they maybe they were like objecting to doing it, like the actors, you know. Failed to recognize us. Not a lie. Yeah, that's probably true. true. Something you also failed to recognize, Mr. Spock. Yeah, she did it without hesitation earlier. Uh huh. Pure speech. Let's go. Hail Fuhrer! Well, these actors are not hesitating at all. Yeah, they're going for it. Hail the Fuhrer! Incursions. The job ahead is difficult. Ew. It does seem like something's wrong with him. What's the least charismatic man? But yeah, that's what I was going to say. He does, not have, uh, see, he does like... not have Hitler's charm. But he, well, but what do you see, like, video recordings of Hitler? But he's like, ah, he was so charismatic. And it's like, are you sure? Right, he's always just like, he's like screaming like, at the top of his lungs nonstop. Not like, to get that's political, charisma, but huh? do people say that about Donald Trump? Are they like he's charismatic? Because I feel like it's like the same kind of thing. They do say that about Donald Trump. Okay, so I guess it's just it's not for me. I'm not he has his own special kind of charisma, it, but it's like the exact opposite of Hitler's type. Oh. He's like he's like overly casual in his speeches and like rambles like an idiot. And some people find that relatable and like that. Like like every god. speech for him is a podcast, you know. Oh god. Whereas uh, but also you yeah. can't see you can't see John Gill's mouth right now, so he could just be like the face and like he's not actually. Right, but talking. why would you pick this guy to be the face? Why would you not just have the leader he's be so the leader? Handsome. I don't know. Is he? No. <laughs> Hero of the Fatherland, listening to the stirring. I really feel like Shatner's improvising right now. Smile. <laughs> Neck pinch. And slow, straight. Get him. Yeah. Man, these chumps had to guard a locked door. Locke lock kind of does that for you. So embarrassing. The Fuhrer has given us our orders, and we pledge him our lives in this sacred task. 
Death to Zeon. These guys all have terrible personalities. The Nazis? No. <laughs> I'm sure they're each nice guys and get to know them. Definitely drugged, almost comatose. What drugs? I can't identify without a medical. This is very interesting. Without knowing an antidote would be dangerous. Anything you can do. Oh yeah, they found him back here in this closet, huh? Uh huh. But he he's John heavily Gil. drugged apparently. I kind of feel like the actor for John Gill is an extra who doesn't have any lines. Could be. They're like, we're not paying he, this He gave guy. a speech and his mouth was fully obscured. It's actually just like, like James DeHaan again, just voicing him. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're already paying this guy. Well, increase the dose. I'm working in the dark. I could kill him. They find us here. So some doctor. <laughs> Shut up. On our Fuhrer's it's, like, it's slightly dark. Our giving him an injection, I might just give him way too much and murder him. Oh, he's... He's stuck there literally in the dark. Oh, I see. Just Metaphorically. Spock, try to get through to him with a mind probe. Oh, hell yeah. If you can't, Bones, you'll have to use a stronger... Nice, he's gonna mind meld with the Fuhrer. Uh-huh. Hopefully it goes better than the mind meld he did with, um... Uh... What that that tin can? Whose name I'm forgetting? Roman Nomad? or whatever. Nomad. Thank you. This is the time of destiny. Hail victory! Hail victory! Hail victory! Hail victory! There's one chance left. Just say this episode. Um, not that interesting. Of yeah, it's, it's a real mixed bag, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, lots of Nazis, but not a lot of, uh, just not much going on. Just kind of a romp. Could say or say. But what about Echoes? But maybe we're going somewhere interesting. You know, sometimes they have very exciting finishes. I've created a condition mm -hmm. in which Gil cannot initiate speech or any other action, but he can reply to questions. Well done, Spock. They've kept what's left of him as a figurehead. Quite mm. correct. For the last few years, the real power has been Melicon. Melicon, we should have known. Which guy is that again? Melicon, the guy who was just talking. Gil. Mm. Who wasn't, he did who seem wasn't a bit more charismatic. Yeah. Why did you interfere? Why not just be the leader yourself? I don't understand the do. point. Okay, I can see the benefit of having like a quote figurehead. Divided. Took lesson from Earth history. But why Nazi Germany? You studied history. You knew what the Nazis were. Most efficient state. Earth, I don't believe my that. ass. Yeah, not for a second. Tiny country, beaten, bankrupt, defeated. Oh, he's yeah. saying like yeah. as far as like rising to power quickly. Uh oh. Brutal, perverted. Had to be I guess when enough people brainwashed towards a singular down. cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He should have. He should have done ancient Egyptians. Actually, they were. Uh, you know, they were committed. They had jack shit. Why? They built those fucking pyramids. I mean, what a massive waste of time. But like, pretty impressive. At first, what? I feel like a lot of that was a fact. <laughs> <laughs> we can't take over. 
gave me the drug. I mean, he's really playing with fire. I don't know. I think he should got what he deserved. Yeah. That was dramatic. What a way to go. He's still alive, but the drug they use is too strong. If I give him another shot, we're... Bones, give him another shot. I don't dare. Guard. We've run out of time, Bones. What are you talking about? You're, you're okay to be in here? They don't know that you're not Nazis. You're all in uniform. It's like they keep forgetting the yeah, point but of nobody's, having a disguise. But nobody's supposed to be in that room. For the second time in one day, Doris is a hero to the fatherland. She captured a seance spy that was attempting to assassinate the Fuhrer. But isn't that the drunk admiral from earlier that you were telling us about? How, why was he involved? He's good now. He's fine. We'll make a present of him to Melikon. It's a creepy thing to say. Germany, Nick, this spy must be taken to Melikon. I think that this guy, Egan or whatever, I think he's That's one of the Zeons. I think that he's secretly one of the leaders. Because they said earlier that they don't even know who their leaders are. Like, for... Mm, interesting. Not privacy. I agree with you like purely based on how much screen time he has, but this guy sure has thrown a wrench into a lot of their plans so far. Stall for time. Mm. And hope. What is this? <laughs> a spy, Excellency. <laughs> it's a person, dude. You can see this is no ordinary Zayon. Well, not a Zeon, definitely not. Okay, Kirk's shooting this guy up with some more drug. Mm-hmm, but the good drug, not the bad drug. Yeah. Professor Gill, can you hear me? You've got to speak. Got to speak. This is our last chance. Come on, Kirk. Give an impassioned speech. Yeah, just face him towards the mic and speak. I not The deputy Fuhrer is an authority on the genetics of racial purity. How would you classify this one? Very difficult. Note the sinister eyes. How dare you? He's got pretty eyes. And the malformed ears. Definitely an inferior race. Wow. Well, that's that's science if I've ever heard it. <laughs> Eugenics, you know. You've got to talk. You've got to tell them what happened. You've got to come out of it. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, Professor Kittle. He's gonna do it. Note the low forehead denoting stupidity. <laughs> the single eyebrow raised. You may take him now for interrogation, but I want the body saved for the cultural music. I appreciate that we're seeing a moment of the Nazis expressing genuine racism because that has been weirdly somewhat absent. I feel like we've heard enough about what they've been doing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we've seen how awful they are in this episode, but we haven't seen like the. Like, just that direct of racism from them, I think. Yeah. It was awful. 
Especially because it. it was so popular at the time. It to did be, like, make, You can right. tell a lot about people by the way their skulls look and, like, all that, like, stupid shit. Yeah. It, it made it made Bones' racism seem, it seem genuinely playful. Of the immediate recall of the space fleet. This attack must stop. All units are to return to base. And stop being Nazis. <laughs> I promise. Just burn your uniforms. The Nazis are bad, actually. <laughs> Only one evil man. Malachan is a traitor. Hell yeah. See, that's the thing about a figurehead. They have a lot of power. The Zayan people. I promise reparation. Haha. Not only did nice. he die, but he looked stupid while he died. We killed our figurehead and our actual leader in a single sweep right there. Pura meant us to live. Yeah, you were unbelievably wrong, idiot. Interference directive is the only way. Hell yeah, you should have known that already, but I'm glad you realized it. Yeah, a little, maybe too little, too late. You've turned an entire planet into Nazis, but but he tried to undo what he did. I don't. Yeah, and with his last breath, he's like, "I was wrong. I should have made them all 1920s gangsters." That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Those are his final words. Uh. And like the other thing is there's like no shortcuts to like making a good society and culture, you know. Is he dead, Captain? No, and certainly he was like, he was like, I just want to exploit one. this one part of Nazism, and it's like, but you, that it doesn't work like that, and like as a historian, no, it's absurd. Down. Yeah, dumbass historian. Thank you, idiot. I think that was just an excuse. Well, it was just also excuse, like, like Nazi. <laughs> no, yeah, of course, yeah. And like we said, you still don't have to be like to the letter, like same uniforms, everything, like. Right? I know. Like, you could have honed in on the aspects of, of the Nazis that did work for you and left out some of the terrible stuff. Like, yeah. Gotta, gotta appreciate the commitment to the bit, I guess. I guess. I think the planet is in good hands. Indeed, Captain. With the union of two cultures, this system would make a fine addition to the Federation. Correct enterprise. Really? Stop all the Nazi bullshit. Yeah, that was, that was quick. I can't wait for these Nazis to be our friends. I never will understand humans. How could a man as brilliant, a mind as logical as John Gill's, have made such a fatal error? Yes, thank you. My question exactly. The problem with the Nazis wasn't simply that their leaders were evil, psychotic men. They were. But the main problem, I think, was the leader principle. What he's saying, Spock, is that a man holds that much power, even with the best intentions, just can't resist the urge to play God. Thank you, Doctor. I was able to gather the meaning. Maybe. I think there was a lot more wrong with the Nazis than that. That's true. But I feel we like that's the like the like Ramsey, Sure. Alexander, Caesar, Maybe. Napoleon, Hitler, Lee Kwan. Your whole Earth history is made up of men seeking absolute power. 
Now, Spark, you obviously don't... Under obviously, Doctor, you failed to accept... Gentlemen, gentlemen, we've just been through one civil war. Let's not start another. Check off. Make us out of orbit. I just love their faces. They're like, oh. <laughs> and then the Piccolo guy shows up. The Piccolo guy is piccoloing the shit out of this outro. And off we go to another space adventure. Well, that was indeed an episode. <laughs> it sure was. Yeah. What a what a what an episode. Nazis Nazis galore. Yeah, Nazis galore. That's what they should have named the episode. But I but I am glad that you know we spent 50 minutes to arrive at deciding that uh Nazis kind of a bad thing. Oh my god, there was this one time that I was writing a paper in college and I don't remember what it was about exactly, but I was just like on a roll, like writing, you know, I was gonna like, I was just like kind of getting all my ideas out on the paper. And then I like reached the end of a paragraph and I'm like, and therefore racism is bad. And then I was like, oh, that's probably not something I have to bring. So I was right. like, delete. I was just like, oh my God. I guess this has been established. All right, let's take it to warp speed here. All right. Warp drive, Mr. Scott. This is the Warp Speed rating segment. We're going to rate that episode on a scale uh, from impulse speed to full warp, roughly a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to go first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it, I don't know, a warp 3, maybe. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll go to warp 3. I I even feel like that was generous. I, I didn't like it very much. I was bored for mm -hmm. a lot of it. Uh -huh. And I feel like if we're going to do Nazi stuff... Mm -hmm. Which, like, I'm not necessarily adverse to. Like, sure, mm -hmm. do your Nazi episode if you want to. But, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Just didn't have a... Just was... It was a combination of, like, of... I wasn't that entertained, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like they just wasn't... Like, there, there's not any scenes that I can point to and be like, this was a fun scene. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, it's fun to see them dress up. It's fun anytime they dress up, even if they're dressing yes, up as Nazis, time. I guess. But like, but there's no, yeah, there's no particular scenes that stand out to me. And then like the, the like overall message of the episode felt uh, fairly flimsy. And then I feel yes. like, and I feel like if you're going to do a Nazi episode, like you kind of need to justify it more than other episodes. Like, cause mm -hmm. it's like, if we just do a dumb, silly space romp, it's like, whatever, that's all it was. It was a dumb, silly space yeah. romp. You know, sometimes we do shore leave and that's fine. But uh -huh. it's like, but if we're going to be like, oh, we're talking about Nazis, then it's like, I feel like we should have something to say. Like, yes, something, something aside maybe from a little Nazis more... are bad. Yeah, like, because that was established in the first three minutes. But like, and, I did and like. also was already known before the episode started. But like, I feel like at this point, the like Star Trek lore of the Prime Directive hadn't really been established. So I feel like that was like, I mean, it's it's so obvious that the Prime Directive is a good thing, but, like, I think this episode, like, definitively proved why it is. Really hammered on why you can't go and... why you can't go and be the next Why you can't be meddling, yeah. Yeah, I think part of what didn't work for me was that John Gill and his intentions just made no Super sense shit, to me. Right? Which Spock even acknowledged at the end, and then they kind of 
joked over it and and philosophized around it, but they didn't actually arrive at like like I if they had found been... some way to make that make sense uh-huh. for me, then I might feel differently about it. But yeah, like I'm like I'm like, why did that guy do that? Like what I think... doesn't make any sense. Yes, I agree. They needed to do a better justification. If they wanted to do a Nazi planet, they needed to do a better justification of why they were doing a Nazi planet. And then I think a separate episode would be exploring the nuances of the Prime Directive, because I think that's really interesting. But yeah, I feel like that wasn't, this wasn't necessarily like the episode to explore that with, because yeah, it was so obvious. Dive more into like the the drama of it, if we're going to do that. Because like we had, maybe maybe the best moment of the thing is, is Abram mm-hmm telling um what is our guy's name our buddy's name e- Isaac um, or Enoch some e- kind e- of some Egon kind of Egon Isaac. I want to say like Isaac. uh like Isaac. Ghostbusters <laughs> uh, when he tells him that is that his uh girlfriend slash wife has died and and it's such a in such a horrible disrespectful way yeah that was that heavy. was a good moment and that had like a drama to it and and uh-huh. um that felt like wow like that that kind of hit the you know stakes are real but yeah. um so it was like stuff like that kind of worked, but also just like I had felt like it kind of made light of the Nazi stuff, honestly, in a lot of ways. And then, of course, we didn't help. Um, um true, <laughs> we, we did um, too, but they but they set us up for that. Like, it was like I thought they were gonna like do more. I don't know. I think a better thing to do would have been to make John Gill not such a like guy on a pedestal, you know, because like. That was the thing was like he was a historian who like had a really powerful impact on Kirk and Spock. And so you assume that he's like a good guy. I think it would have been better if he would have been more um, in like a moral gray area or been like a little evil or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because the fact that he was supposed to be a good guy and then went and did yeah. this just didn't click. It's, it he, it doesn't in fact, make any sense. Almost the whole episode not working hinges on that character. I and, think so, absolutely. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think they pulled it together around him. So I think for me that it was, and then also he's not even there for the huge majority of it. He's kind of like a mystery. So it's like yeah. once we get to him, it ends up being what it is. It's like, well, and it would have been so good if it was like somebody who was like abusing this power that they had, you know, and like he did, but it just didn't seem to fit the other characterizations that they were trying to apply to him. Yeah, they should have just committed to he was like, a bad dude from Earth that went and did this bad thing. Uh-huh. Clearly, you have to be a bad guy to go and do this. So, like, they should have just leaned into, like, like, you know, this is a rogue element from Earth who has gone to this planet who is not supposed to and has gone and done this thing, and we got to uh-huh. go fix it. And then it could have just been a little more straightforward of us uh-huh. trying to fix it instead of us trying to, like, save our friend who is Hitler. Like, yeah. That it just get, it got, like, confusing. There was too many... Where was... D D W or D- what's her name? Um, D C Fontana. D C Fontana. Where was she at? I don't know. This episode she was feels too like busy it needs some. To fix every other script. Yeah, this episode feels like it needs some D C Fontana help. Like she would have, she would have made sense of all this. Like I don't, I, I don't know so. if I saw her name in those credits. Yeah, I don't think I don't remember. Because there was something to be, there 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 was a better potential episode here. And they there got was. all these sets too. They got a lot of sets, and they great got a sets, lot of great like, costumes. Silliness. I would say happening. like great like, performances from all of their actors, and like great character moments. But like it was just like the big yeah, a lot of the extra actors. Too. Yeah, not her. You know, she was kind of like whatever. But but like, she's but the other ones girl. like a lot of our Zayon guys were good. Like, uh-huh. and a lot of our our Nazi guys were good too. Like, yeah, true. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, and even our antics felt a little half-assed a lot of times. Like that oh, I disagree. I love like, the antics. Some of it I loved. Like, I loved him first trying to get in there and, and Spock getting told to take his helmet off. But it started to feel like, firstly, we started to repeat it a lot. And then and then also it's like, you know, when they're in the closet and they're saying Bones is drunk, it's like, it felt like... Oh, I uh, love that I liked, shit. I liked the moment, but I didn't feel like... I don't know. I just feel like they could have played it out funnier, you know? Uh-huh. like. I like, feel like there was feel, lots of cute it, it stuff happening. It felt like a little half-assed, you know? Okay. Like, even even the stuff like that that I liked felt like they didn't fully commit to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I hear that's, you. that's my feeling. So so I gave it a three, you know? I'm not sure it deserves even that high, but, uh-huh. you know, might, might be more of a two sort of episode. But nah, I'll commit to three. I'm going with three. It wasn't yeah. awful. It just wasn't, like, particularly good. And there was so much potential, which, as we've said, is always disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much else to add. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna jump on the warp three train because I feel like, yeah, warp three episode. What do you guys think? How do you feel about this episode? Do you think yeah, we? Uh, do you think we're, you know, giving the correct analysis here? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you feel differently about it? Obviously, we missed parts of it as we tend to. As we always do. So you know, do. maybe there was uh maybe there was things that were said that that further justified things or that made it work better for you. I'm skeptical, but. I am too, but you know, (laughs) we could be wrong, you know, we're not always right about everything. Well, except that shit I said about the pyramids. Well, and the thing about Nazis being bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, the thing about Nazis being bad, we were definitely right about that. (laughs) Mary Kill Ponfar! All right, time for Mary Kill Ponfar, the segment where I give Alex three characters in the episode that we just watched, and he picks one to marry one to kill, and one to commit to pawn far with. All right, time to meet today's contestants. Behind door number one, we have our favorite Jewish James Dean, Isaac, or something like that. Okay. We have... He was good looking. Our not-so-Nazi girl, Daris, or Daris, or something like that. I did not I do did a good job catch of catching names this episode. Yeah. And partially because I didn't catch any names this episode, behind door number three, we have the 12 different Nazis that got knocked out without saying a single word this episode. (laughs) All right, well, I'll kill the Nazis. That's easy. (laughs) I'll give you an easy one. (laughs) Yep, yeah. Plus, I got a dozen in one go. That's even better. Kill a whole bunch (laughs) of Nazis. Perfect. Um, You know, I would have killed John Gill if he was on the list, but... uh... Oh, yeah, well. he's so killable. Right. And uh I'll pawn far with her and I'll uh, I'll marry him. Yeah, because you know, he good... needs uh he was lonely, you know? He and lost his life. He's also like a little you know? a little rebel leader. Yeah, you know, he was a very heroic figure in the episode. Mm-hmm. He was I, I liked him. And putting him in there was was smart. That was maybe one of the best writing choices they made was having to find him and agree. have him be with them and let them align with the, you know, the Zeons and and the yes. uprising and the underground and stuff. That was uh that was, that was one of the best move. parts of the episode. And so he was a highlight for me. Even if he didn't have like he, he, I felt you know, he didn't necessarily get his moments, you know? Like you would have liked to have had him like have a big moment, especially towards the third act. Absolutely. But, would have um, liked to see him be more heroic. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, like he, like it would have been cool if like he kind of saved the day at the end. Yeah, and then like um, stepped into the like leadership role at like at the conclusion of the episode. Yeah, and he could have even given a speech at the end about you know choosing choosing love or something like yeah instead of uh, racism. But, well, you um, could give that speech right now. I, I, I'm gonna do it as Kirk though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should we be being Nazis when we could be? Caring for each other, loving one another, not judging each other for our differences. Humanity was meant to work together for the greater good, to support one another and care for each other. And this is what humanity is all about. And I believe together, you know, you can make it happen. That's great. One thing I love about Kirk giving a speech is that it always sounds like he's reading cue cards, but they're like, he has bad vision, and so the cue cards only have like four to five words on them. They're just flipping through them. Absolutely. That's what I picture. That's why he's like yeah, just like hitting those punches at places that feel like they don't totally make sense. Right. And his speeches often are, are very fluff heavy. Um, very fluff heavy. That he needs a, you know, who gives those great TV speeches is Jeff Winger. Ah, oh, we love Jeff Winger. They just found out like a perfect speech format for him, and he, they just have to do it the same way every time. And it always and I love is, it like, every time. Yeah. It does. I know. It's like ah, oh, very effective. Like I can't think of another show that has a character that can do that. Picard, of course, has great speeches too. Ooh, true. But then yeah. those are like more, more. Uh... More heartfelt, more genuine, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's or just it's more substantial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Well, he always has a point to make. It's always the writing lends itself to it. So it's like, and then of course Patrick Stewart is a better actor than William Shatner. Uh, I don't or think anyone will people. debate us on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's a better actor than almost anyone. Yeah. So hard to beat, Mister Stewart. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just okay. I. Uh, did not see that coming. It was just okay. But we got to see did you, Leonard Nimoy did you hear? Didn't you hear what I said, though, Sammy? You did not see that coming. I, I did it. not see it coming. Mm-hmm. It's important that you acknowledge my hilarious joke. I'm so sorry. Hopefully the, we uh... will not see that episode again. Right. <laughs> I will not be watching this one on rewatches. <laughs> You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Any closing thoughts, Sammy? Nazis are bad. Racism is bad. Leonard Nimoy is hot. There. That hairy chest. That, that you know, Yeah, that. we do need... Actually, that was a highlight. Kirk climbing on Spock. Major right? highlight. I know. How when you I were like the that? antics. How could I forget that? That was a great moment. And, and then like, they played he's that just perfectly. hamming it up while he's up there. So fucking funny. Yeah. No. Perfect. Perfectly executed. Uh-huh. Wonderful moment. Oh, yeah. The whole, the whole jail the scene was cute. Yeah. Lots of like, lots of just like them being best friends. You know what these uh, these episodes tend to be guilty of a lot of times is, is one mm-hmm. of the things they teach you in screenplay, screenwriting is... um action versus movement and so like like action being like scenes where things are actually happening and taking place and like mm-hmm. you know like character development is occurring characters having to make decisions and stuff and then movement is just like 
we're going from here to here and not not even just like literally going from spot to spot but like going through a scene with no like purpose to it right like just like things that like yeah just filler to be like oh now they have to get into the building so are they you know or whatever it's like a bunch of cat spa shit yeah yeah it's a yeah like cat spa is a perfect example it's just filler and Mm -hmm. um this episode was i felt like a a lot of movement i could be a lot of action yeah i don't know it was a there, there was a number of elements that just didn't come together what can i say Thanks for tuning in with us, guys. And sorry this episode came out a little bit late. We had some mm-hmm. tech difficulties. But I think we're but, good uh, now. I think we've resolved I, tech yep. difficulties for the future. So I think we are we never set moving forward. A problem again. We'll never have another late episode. And nobody will ever say the name of the Scottish play. That's right. But uh, until next time, guys, live long. And prosper. Thanks for listening to Star Trek The Original Siblings. Follow the show on social media on Instagram and Twitter at STOSibsPod or send us a subspace message at STOSibsPod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, rate us five stars or maybe write us a nice review. Tune in next time, and until then, live long and prosper.